Hello, and welcome to Supernatural Stories, a show where real people share real stories of the supernatural. I'm Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Toronto, Canada. Normally just regular people on the show, no actors, but today there's a special guest on the show, actor Damien Atkins. But it's not about haunted theaters. That's next episode. Hope you enjoy wherever you're listening from. At the start of 2019, I was speaking with my cousin Dave. He's probably the first person who I ever spoke to about topics concerning the paranormal. He would direct me to check out Seeker's Bookstore on Bloor at Bathurst in Toronto, and he'd give me tiny insights from the books he's read there. This episode is dedicated to Dave and his family, and to family and friends like him, whose unabashed curiosity and yearning for interesting knowledge has allowed them to see more to life and share that with others. Never forget, the ability to have an open mind is a gift, and one which you can share. Thanks also to those who shared from their pockets online through Patreon and PayPal to support the cost of making the show. The Salt of the Earth, Damian Boyer, John Mijakovsky, Linda Ander, Kit Kat of Death, and Speak Parla Habla. Dave sent me a message about a play in Toronto in January. It was a one-act show by Damian Atkins about people's personal experiences of UFOs called We Are Not Alone. I was lucky enough to be able to check out the show, but first, I got a chance to speak with Damien and have him share his thoughts. He wrote the play based off people he had spoken to primarily about UFOs, so the thing I wanted to know about first was whether this had led him further down the rabbit hole. After all, if you talk to people who have seen UFOs, there's an interesting thread of people who have also seen a Sasquatch, or encountered poltergeists, or other phenomena. Last season, Randy spoke with me about a UFO he saw, and later in this show, you'll get to hear about how he had a seeming encounter with a Bigfoot. But first, my interview with the aforementioned Damien. We are not alone. That's referring to crafts, UFOs, things that are out there. Does that also apply to ghosts? You know, in the play, it does like it does take on multiple significances, right? Um, sort of first meaning you get from it is yeah about ufos i think um the play sort of takes a turn for the spiritual at a certain point and it becomes more about open-mindedness and belief and so in that sense yeah it does encapsulate other supernatural phenomena so it doesn't not mean that if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yep so this was a process where you interviewed people who had had experiences with ufos when they told you about the ufos did they also have stories that accompanied them such as poltergeists or other experiences that they felt well if you're open to this why don't i tell you about the the time after that i can't explain yeah they did actually uh i mean that's part of what became a little bit confusing about it was that um Sometimes the stories would come in clusters and sometimes, you know, one of the stories or a couple of the stories that people had would seem entirely credible and then another story that they had would seem sort of uh, not as credible. But uh, yeah, I mean, most notably in the play, I I talk about a man that I spoke to, a very kind man who was also very funny, whose name was Kuoni Lapsaritis who has written books about uh, UFOs and the Sasquatch phenomenon. Yeah. 
particular, you know, he had lots of stories, but there were lots of people like that, actually, that had multiple kind of um, stories that some people would call supernatural. Well, my first Sasquatch story that I got doing this show, I actually got from someone who had, who had, they had gone in touch with me about a UFO experience they'd had. And it was yeah. this amazing one where they'd seen a flying um, rayfish, like a manta rayfish in the sky, a giant one with their wife. Uh-huh. And he'd told uh-huh. it, and then in Costa Rica, other people have had this exact same sighting of this flying manta ray. And then he told uh-huh. me, he said, you know, I've also seen a ghost. And I said, oh, you saw a ghost? What do you mean? Like, what did it look like? And then he gave me this story that I've yet to air, I'm going to air it soon, where he saw basically what you'd describe as a Sasquatch. I'm Cree, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes a lot of these supernatural, spiritual things, it, it seems to happen to a lot of indigenous people, you know. I've also seen a ghost, or what looked like a ghost, but now listening to all these stories, I don't even know what it could be. Because first, it looked like a bear, mm-hmm. and it walked on two legs, mm-hmm. you know, and... Its arms were long, almost touching the ground, you know. Oh. But the thing is, you could see through it. You could see through its body. Where did you see it? We saw it in Prince Albert in 2002. We decided to go for a walk one evening. And in these abandoned railway tracks and that, you know, it was dusk, like, you know, there's still a lot of daylight. And we see something moving up ahead in the middle of the tracks. And we're moving towards it. And it's moving along with us. It's moving away. And we started to kind of gain distance. So we're coming closer to this thing. It looked like a bear or something. But we could see through it now. Oh, that freaked us out. Like, whoa, this is really not normal, you know? So my wife, like, what do we do? I said, well, I'm going to try to scare this thing, you know? So I took some rocks. I was throwing rocks, you know, and yelling at it. It was probably, I would say, now less than 100, maybe about 75 meters from us. When we got near it, maybe up to 50 meters, that's when I pretended to charge it. So I went running down the railway track, like trying to be this wild human, right? This scared animal. And it stood upright. And when it stood upright, my heart stopped. It walked off the tracks and his arms were hanging down. So it was just this absolutely weird sight. And we can hear it walking on the dead leaves. When you say that its arms were swinging low to the ground, the only thing that makes me think of is a gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his arms were definitely much longer than human arms. And obviously bears don't have long arms like that. Bears can walk on their hind legs a bit, but they don't have long arms at all. This thing was translucent, right? You could see through its body. But then, like, you could hear it definitely walking on the ground. It was shimmering. It was almost like had a cloak on it, a cloak of invisibility almost. Made me think of all these things like I'm listening to on Coast to Coast, right? Well, it makes me think of the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot? Some people say that the Bigfoot has powers that it can go invisible and that it can shapeshift. Yeah, I've never thought about that. But now that I'm thinking about it, who knows? You know, maybe there's a Bigfoot. We ran home, told everybody. People didn't believe us. In that exact spot where we saw this thing, human remains were found there that were hundreds of years old. Hmm. 
now they have a grave there, right at the spot where we saw this this thing. The longer sighting than almost any of the ones I've seen reported on the internet or anything. And he didn't even think of it as a Sasquatch. He, th he didn't really have that word to describe it. And then when I told him, what about if it was Sasquatch? He was thinking, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. So it's it's really strange, the correlation there. To be honest with you, like uh, you know, so much of the play is about me struggling to sort of calibrate my um, desire to be open-minded and my desire to not be gullible. And the question kind of is, how do you... How, how do you be an adult in the world, right? Where sometimes you have to rely on evidence-based decision-making and sometimes you need to be a spiritual person who makes decisions based on faith or just about belief or open-mindedness. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, I'm open to all of those stories. At the same time, I am always like, I, 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 I am always on some level evaluating. I think that a big reason why that is, this is what I wanted to ask you about, is in school... Every year of school from, I guess, grade, I don't know, I guess it starts in high school, but maybe before then, you have science class. And then on yeah. top of that, you'll have another one. You'll have physics, chemistry, or biology. So you take two science classes every year or something like that. And then yeah, in yeah. the classes that aren't science classes, you use the scientific method pretty much yeah. religiously throughout those classes. So you're taught this is the way to think. You think yeah. using the scientific method because if you don't use the scientific method, you're going to be prone to thinking about all the things that the medieval people thought was true. Ghosts, mm -hmm. spirits, and the like of that. And now we have science yeah. and medicine. And so I think that it's very hard because from the time that you're very young, every year, that's, that's what you're graded on. Your ability to think scientifically is really the key here. And then it's very hard once you get out of school to then integrate that spiritual or open-minded side when you've basically been educated that's very wrong i also think people people misunderstand people misunderstand and misuse the scientific method anyways yeah i mean the scientific method is based on theory and disproving and the scientific method is based on taking what is is known and accepted right now and testing it and testing it and testing it and usually finding that our current information is inadequate Built into that sort of premise is the idea that there is stuff that we don't understand that we might at some point understand, but for now, appears to us for all intents and purposes like magic. And I think some people who, you know, want to look smart kind of forget that there is that aspect to it that, um, you know, 50 years ago we would have said could never be are now, you know, in daily usage in our houses. And, and that's really just in terms of, um, you know, alien technology or that sort of thing, those things. But, you know, even the sort of discussion, as I understand it, around things like UFOs and Sasquatch and that sort of thing is about other dimensions, right? Is that is about certain beings having the ability to travel through dimensions. And, uh, yeah, of course, that sounds like magic to us, but it is possible uh, that at some point we will just consider that science. It's more than possible. It's something I'm, I'm very open to having experienced. The first time so I experienced a UFO, I immediately thought, well, that must be interdimensional because it just appeared and disappeared kind of thing. And oh, yeah. You look at many, many stories and, and you say, well, that might explain what this person saw, but not what this person saw. And there's so many different 
So that's the thing with the scientific method. If it's different every time and it's very randomly, it's very hard to do a repeated study on it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that there is something about the way we are educated and the way we sort of pursue education that is somewhat lacking. I mean, it's only in the last several hundred years, which sounds like a long time, but it's not really a long time, that that this is a somewhat contradictory or complicated statement I'm about to make, but like that we ceased to value magic. And by that, I mean that we kind of decided that we could know everything. Aspects of that are great, right? It means there's less superstition, right? There's less, uh, you know, horrific practices based on superstition and based on ill logic and, you know, that sort of thing. All of that, I think, is really good, right? But we have along the way also lost an appreciation for what is miraculous and what is magical and what is beyond our scope. And there is an arrogance to that, I think, which is incredibly damaging, actually. Part of believing in supernatural things is experiencing awe and experiencing humility. We are really focused on binary thinking, right? Uh, is something true or isn't it? You know, do you believe in UFOs or don't you? You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, we have gender binaries, that sort of thing. Things that we are now realizing that it would be more valuable not to think in terms of binaries and that to break those down. Like when somebody says, and I talk about this in the show, but like you don't necessarily, if somebody says, do you believe in UFOs or don't you, you don't necessarily actually have to subscribe to that binary. You can say, I don't know. And my experience of doing the show and working on the show is that um, women are much more able to say, I don't know. To the men in the audience generally want to pin me down with some sort of opinion or express some sort of opinion, yay or nay. I 100% agree. We have to return to a, a more feminine way of thinking where we are, where we are just more open-minded and understand the shades of gray. And but we don't actually have to be so decisive all the time or opinionated all the time. I pull the audience halfway through the show. I pull, yeah, like uh, uh, asking them, you know, where is your, where is the needle of your belief sitting right now? The most telling thing, actually, is when I ask them who arrived here not believing and now feels curious. And that's when usually the most hands go up. Well, break a leg and luck with the rest of your tour. And do you want to give any details about the tour you'll be doing? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's playing in Toronto until uh, January 26th, which is just a Saturday. And then it's running in Edmonton from February 12th to March 3rd at Theatre Network. So if you just Google Theatre Network Edmonton or We Are Not Alone Edmonton, the details will come up. The theatre is on Gateway Boulevard. The play We Are Not Alone by Damien Atkins was hilarious. I got to see it in Toronto, and if you have a chance to see it in Edmonton, I highly recommend it. The play reminded me about some of the people I've spoken to in making this show who are absolutely out of their minds. The question I'm asked the most about making this show is whether I ever speak to any people who are crazy or perhaps running some hoax. It's a sad fact that there's a large community that exists around supernatural phenomena, especially UFOs, and that like all large communities, you don't have the ability to choose who participates. Some people, as far as I see it, run horrible hoaxes to take advantage of the open-mindedness that has bled over into gullibility. 
of many people who they think of as the UFO believers. For me, it's not belief. UFOs are an established fact, not just because I've seen two of them quite close up, but because they've been documented up to the highest levels, as Damien talks about in the play. I've spoken to those who believe the most ridiculous things about what they refer to as ETs. If you look online, you'll find countless stories of alien lovers, endless, endless, endless anal probing, and story after story about microchip implants and government conspiracies. I promise I will never include any of those stories on this show. I believe not only are they obviously not true, but they are harmful to the most vulnerable, impressionable people. So how do I decide what is real enough that I can include it on the podcast? Well, you'll just have to leave that up to me. And I consider some things that a lot of people just think are ridiculous. Trust me when I say shapeshifters will get covered on this show if we stick around for long enough. I've experienced a number of paranormal things, and I've tried to vet who I think of as an expert. Sometimes, those experts are bound to hail from outside Canada, so I got in touch with one such person. When researching the paranormal, there are a few names which pop out again and again, and one of those is Ingo Swan. Google Ingo Swan, and go on Google Image Search, and what you'll see are his remarkably complex, beautiful, colorful, visionary artwork. This is one side of an amazing man, who is known as one of the most talented psychic viewers of all time. The whole history of what happened with him at Stanford Research Institute and with the CIA and FBI using psychics to spy into the Soviet Union, that's a giant rabbit hole. I encourage you to go down it on your own. I thought though, that even though this is outside of the Canadian stories that I cover on this show, this background information is important for interested listeners. I reached out to the late family of Ingo and it was his family who referred me over to Deborah Lynn Katz. Deborah is also a talented psychic viewer who teaches others how to enhance their own psychic abilities. I'm going to be in touch with her on an ongoing basis about this, and so I thought now is a great time to share a story from her. If encounters with UFOs and alien beings are the result of interdimensional life forms, then perhaps it's possible to interact with them on a non-physical plane? personal experience with seeing alien beings on a clairvoyant level. So I haven't seen them with my physical eyes, but I've had some experiences when I didn't expect it, where I was doing clairvoyant readings on people. Subject that had nothing whatsoever to do with aliens, or that was the furthest thing from my mind. And suddenly, one in particular, I was reading a, a boyfriend years ago and something about his childhood. And then I started feeling like I was looking at something that it was very unusual. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing something that kind of looks like furniture, like outdoor furniture, but I've never seen this kind before. And then, bam, this picture of an alien showed up. And it wasn't just like a regular clairvoyant image, which are just still, it was interacting with me. It would be like if you were watching your TV and suddenly the actor turned its head and looked at you and started to talk. And it was extremely controlling, had a very, very repulsive sensation about it. And it basically said, what are you doing here? Get out, stop it was projecting this very menacing attitude. 
And I just said, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but let's just stop this whole reading right now. And usually I'm not like that. Usually I would pursue it or just say, you know, screw you, you get out of here. But I was just like, you know, I don't need to deal with this. And I've had that happen three other occasions as well. I had another experience. I was actually living in the Philippines and my significant other at the time and I, he was from the Philippines and he was a acupuncturist and healer. And we were traveling to these very remote regions to help people who had no access to medical care. And we were staying in some client's house of his. They weren't there. It was in the middle of winter, very cold, no electricity. And I wasn't feeling well. I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I suddenly woke up and there were the faces of these huge eye beings five or six of them all like right in front of me and I just scream I don't know if I was in an altered state or what but then my significant other he lit a candle no one was there we both fell asleep again and again it happened and then at that point we just decided to get up and and leave still very very dark outside to me, they were menacing, and, and there was this controlling negative vibe from them. Consciousness is super-duper weird. I hope this season to explore more of people's ability to alter their conscious state and experience things like Deborah. That almost does it for this episode. I apologize if it was talkier and less surprise-filled than usual episodes of the show. I hope you enjoyed Randy's story about his Sasquatch sighting. I'm going to be having Robin on the show to discuss Sasquatch. And if you've had your own experience of Sasquatch or any other strange things discussed on this show, go to www.supernaturalstories.ca to share your story. I'll be back soon with another episode that has been a long time in the making. I've interviewed people about their experiences at haunted theaters in Canada, and what they tell you is going to blow your mind. So, welcome back to the podcast in 2019. Keep in touch. You can subscribe at iTunes or Google or Spotify or wherever else. I have to leave you with a ghost story. This was shared at a campfire held last summer, and I'll have to apologize. I forgot to write down the name of the storyteller. Hey, if you're listening, get in touch. Back when I used to live on Weston, when I was like 12, 13, it must have been like 90s. My mom usually like works during the week. She worked like double shift as a nurse. So she wasn't home a lot. And like on the weekends, we'd have to do everything like grocery shop, clean the house, everything. Usually, I'd stay home and like clean the dishes or something while they went and did the grocery shopping. And they take my sister and my little sister and my mom, my stepdad, and everything. They, they all went. So I'm just there, you know, at home doing the dishes. It's like purely daytime. And then my sister comes up and asks me, like, I forget what she asked me, but I remember her asking something. She just tugged on my shirt. And I was just like, yo, I'm almost done. Just give me a second. Just got to do the pots or something. I forget what I said. But then, you know, she tugged on my shirt again, and I was kind of like, what the Turned around, and there was no one there. And then I realized, you know, my sister wouldn't have been left home with me. My parents would have took her with me. But I distinctly remember a small person coming up behind me and tugging on my shirt. So I left the house.
immediately. And I just sat outside on the porch until my parents got back. And uh, there was nothing in the house. There was nothing close by like where I was at. There was no wind going through the house that could have tugged at my shirt. So to this day, that experience really like me up thinking about it. I apologize for the sound quality again. Windy campfires can be kind of noisy. It took me more hours than I will care to admit to edit that one and a half minute story. Strange fact, audio software is expensive, like hundreds to thousands of dollars. I paid hundreds of dollars for my current edit software and all the upgrades for doing things like getting rid of wind noise automatically. Those cost more than I can afford, like 500 to a thousand dollars. I'm not making this up, it's insane. The show isn't produced by a professional studio, but just by myself. So anything you can do to give me a hand isn't going to be paying for coffee filters, more like audio filters, I'll put it that way. Damien Boyer, John Mijikovsky, Linda Ander, Kit Kat of Death, and Speak Parla Abla, thanks again for supporting me through Patreon. You can, like them, start sending a dollar or more a month, or you can do one-time payments, whatever. There are some treats you get if you do send the monthly, like a Supernatural Stories mug. Check it out, www.patreon.com supernaturalstories. Here's a shout-out as well to the 5,000 Facebook followers. Keep sharing posts. It really helps to get the show out to people who are contacting me with their own stories. And as always, leave a review too. That doesn't hurt either unless they're the mean ones, star ones. There are a lot of you, and it means I feel compelled to try and bring you the best show possible, so I've been taking my time on getting this season ready. I'll be back next week with an episode that is more like the others, packed with more true stories. When I was talking to Damien, the topic of haunted theaters came up, and that will be our theme next week. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada and down California way. Music featured in this show was by Blue Dot Sessions with Setting Pace, Ben Sound with Sci-Fi, and my friend Eric Thorfinson with his songs Invention and Kefrodnia. The rest were original tracks. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it. It helps other people hear about it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time.